0: Ready Pop. Ready Pop, music changing lives. Welcome to another Ready Pop podcast. This week we have our fellow Team Ready Pop members uh, Pete and Yusuf. Would you like to say hello?
1: Sir? Yes, indeed. Hi.
0: <laughs> and we are joined by our two special guests, uh, Joe from the Keep Cats. Hello, Joe. Hello. Happy to be um, here. And Smiley. Hello, hello, hello. From Many Play Box Room Beats boxing music, vocal networking. networking. yeah, all of that. <laughs> good, good. Um, and, so, we've got a, a, couple of questions that we like to ask people who've, who who joined us. Um, and, uh, the first one is, is the one that most musicians hate and they'll ask each of you individually just to tell us what, what kind of music do you make? So let's, I'm going to start with Smiley. Um, describe, to describe the music that you're making at the moment. How do you, how do you describe it?
2: How do I describe it? Um, it's just a bit of everything. To be fair, um, R&B, hip hop, grime, trap, um, this new wave drill type stuff that these young cats are listening to at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, with my own little fusion of like, everything, I suppose. Yeah, like my old school influences. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, just creating a vibe, I suppose. Yeah, it's all of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, cool. And Joe, what's what's?
3: How do you describe the music of the Keep Cats? Hmm. Uh. Well, the music I'm making right now. Um, it's. Uh, I guess I describe it as kind of new wavy, sort of experimental indie pop kind of stuff. It's. It's sort of just. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sort of just. You know, lockdown and all, got so much time, I'm just splurging every every single idea that comes through my head and whatever comes out, comes out. So I don't really know necessarily how to describe it that accurately. It's just sort of a splurge of like guitar pop kind of stuff. I don't know, that's the best way I can describe it.
0: When I was listening to to Broken Bones, um,
3: I could definitely hear that new wave.
0: Hmm. Sound from the the early '80s seems to be to be permeating. Have you been listening to lots of The Cure by any chance? Oh, uh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have. I have. Um, I would. I wouldn't say it was derivative, right? It's not. It's not derivative. But I, I was like struggling. No, it's de- it's
3: definitely inspired by. Definitely trying kind to of like.
0: There was something in there, and I was trying to put my finger on what it was. <laughs> that was. Um, well, I'm old enough to have remembered that stuff when it came out. So, <laughs> so, um, so the theme of our of our podcast, uh, as is the theme of what we do as Ready Pop, um, is is music changing lives, and that is our first question, really. Um, so, I'm gonna i to start with Joe this time. Okay. Um, so, how how has music changed your life?
3: well i mean it's because i've i've been um into music since as and into making music since as as long as i i can remember so i've sort of it's been a consistent consistently big part of my life um for my whole life pretty much for as long as i can remember so it's not necessarily that it's changed anything so much as it has just sort of been the backbone of my life and um i think it's sort of um if i was to talk about a change i think i could um i think it's i think it's um not necessarily changed anything but it's given me lots of opportunities to do things that um lots of people don't get to do like it's given me um the best form of uh you know therapeutic creative expression that i could ever like dream of having and especially you know performing on stage um the catharsis of you know get being able to get everything off of your chest to a crowd full of people who are loving it is just the most amazing thing and i'm so thankful for it so i think that's probably the most notable thing that i think music has done for me i guess i'm not i'm not really sure if that answers the question but
0: it's interesting cause just looking at uh, you in the little zoom window i can see that you're surrounded by instruments
3: yeah so, my little heaven um,
0: yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so when you're making when you're making your music how are you how are you making it at the moment what are
3: you i'm making I'm, I'm making it all in this room i've got um i've got logic on um on my laptop and uh, I've got some mics, uh, that me and my dad have collected over the years. Um, and yeah, so I just sort of do everything in this little room, um, which is, which is really, really fun being able to, cause I, am i I'm in my house right now. So it's really great to just be able to, the minute you get an idea, get it recorded and, um. Yeah, so I'm doing a lot of uh, studio writing as well, um, especially since lockdown, um, whereas before I'd sort of write songs with uh, gigs in mind and with, um, you know, how's, how's it going to play with an audience, now it's sort of like I have an idea, I can just come in here and just start recording and just like follow it wherever it needs, so that's kind of what I'm doing, it's really fun. So It, it is really
4: interesting talking to, to artists like yourself, because... Um, obviously there's been a huge change in, in how music can be can be played and listened to right. over the last twelve months. And that is I suppose that's that's one big thing. Yeah. How how do you think something like what's happened over the last twelve months impacts the way that you write music and the sound that eventually comes from it? How do you think it's changed by lockdown, I suppose? Um,
3: I think I think it's uh well, I I, I mean I think I've grown as a songwriter more in these past 12 months than I have in you know all the years I've been making music which is I don't know like over a decade or something and I think it's because um having that distance from and and, and don't and don't get me wrong like playing playing live and live gigs is you know it's it's incredible it's incredible and it's you know my favorite is my favorite thing but having distance from that and having space from that um really gives you a chance to sort of think about why not not just how you're making it but like why you're making it and you know what you're making it for are you making it for an audience or are you making it you know out of curiosity to see where the song leads are you making it you know uh therapeutically for yourself and i think um the latter has definitely um you know sort of taken over as the main part like now and especially with the 12 months you know being really hard on, on on everyone um People are going through a lot right now. A lot of people are going through a lot, and I think a lot of art is um, being made right now as you know a way of of coping with, with what's going on. And I think that's um, made my music um, more. I think that's made. I, I know that's made my music uh, more genuine over these last twelve months, and I think more more honest. And um, I think I'm more proud of the stuff I've made during lockdown. Than I am of anything I made but, uh, prior to that, so it's, it really has affected my writing.
0: Smiley. Uh, How's music? <laughs> How's
3: music? What? What's the impact of music on your life?
2: Um. Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's always one of them cliche sounding kind of ones because I feel like it's just a part of me. Mm. So yeah, like same with Joe. It's from young. I've just been mm. into music, but um, as far as it changing my life, I think it's more just growing and getting older through the whole thing and understanding that this is actually a part of me and something that I just naturally feel like I'm, I'm supposed to do sort of thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's basically just, that's how it is for me. It's just, it's just a part of me. And I feel like I'm supposed to create music or be a part of music in some way or shape or form. When did it <laughs> kind of
4: really click for you then that it was something that, that you, that you could do and it could be your kind of your main thing, I guess. When um, did that finally happen? You went, okay, I'm I'm going to do this. Or was it just all an accident? From,
2: from, <laughs> or from very young, I just knew, I say very young, like maybe like 10, 11, I remember like discovering some sort of music production software and just thinking like, right, this is interesting. Oh, these are loops. Oh, what's that? And then this is just an arpe- arpeggio. Oh, this is a bass line. And then I started to understand the language of the music production and like, making things. So then after just messing with loops I kind of wanted to learn how to actually create my own melodies from scratch Mm. so then I discovered um was called fruity loops at the time I was about 13 so from then that's when I really understood as in like music production and that's when I felt like okay yeah I like this you know what I mean and obviously that was during the time of like like the UK garage that sort of era so a lot of the sound was kind of like kind of raw and experimental Mm. so um it kind of allowed me as a young person to not feel like I'm overwhelmed by trying to create a sound or a piece of music that has to sound like really well-produced because we had garage that was kind of like really simple and basic at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so you that kind of just got me into it. And then I feel like after going to college, um, I didn't really do too well in college, but you're going speak about <laughs> that. <laughs> I went to college for a few years, studied music. And then um, I think when I was 21, I remember getting my first sound card and the microphone after going to a friend's house and seeing literally that's all you needed to be able to just record yourself. And it was like, right, what, hold on. All you need is a microphone and a sound card. Like, this is crazy. So for my birthday, I literally got um, a sound card and a microphone. And I think from then, when I started to like engineer and produce like stuff for me and my friends, that's when I felt like, yeah, this is what I want to be. This is this is the path. This is me. I'm going to be like Dr. Dre. I'm going to be the next P. Diddy or sort of thing. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's kind of just stuck from there. And I feel like the passion that I've always had for music and getting better at producing it over the years as well. And um, obviously, same with Joe, the experiences I've been luckily and fortunate to have and um, the places I've been and the shows I've done as well, it's kind of just helped and kind of cement that feeling like, you know what, I actually can make something out of this it's just putting your work the work in and trying hard enough and trying to be like whatever that small percent is that actually make it out of the millions you know what i mean
0: and um, sticking yeah. at it i mean over that time yeah, you, you, know, at you have exactly. become you, you are the go-to guy in reading if you want if you yeah want to i
4: beat. was <laughs> until march last year oh, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Until lockdown. laughs> But yeah <laughs> So how, how did that change then was that is that i mean were you still able to continue producing through lockdown and things well, Was it,
0: were you still working collaboratively or was
2: that i was still like producing like making music like for myself as i would for fun anyway but having the studio allowed me to connect with a lot of right. the artists in the area and it kind of helped me just like connect with the the scene the new the new scene that's, that's changing as the music's been evolving and um just yeah it's just a new a new side of things other than just literally making the music actually sitting out with an artist and trying to like produce each of their songs from scratch and teaching them a few things along the way so like doing that for like x amount of years kind of is what led me to have that sort of position and that sort of title in their area of being that go-to guy
0: <laughs> so so your studio boxer and beats you're yes. you were based in Ready Pop studios yep um that studio has been demolished so, yeah, <laughs> it's rubble. Rubble. Um, it's That's, rubble. Yeah. Interestingly, when we um um when we when we demolished the studio, um yeah. so the guys were in there with sledgehammers and and, and you know, heavy machinery knocking the walls down, yeah. we found a time machine in the wall, in the concrete. What a time machine, not a time machine. (laughs) It's (laughs) only a time time machine. We're going to go back and fix coronavirus. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to make sure it doesn't happen. The time capsule, sorry, it's much, (laughs) much less fancy. Um, I don't know if you know, but our um, our studio was built by Martin Russian. That studio was built by Martin Russian. Mm-hmm. who was one of the, um, you know, main producers in the in the 80s, particularly. So he produced a Human League album, so Don't You Want Me Baby. Oh, wicked, okay. Produced, I can't remember what else. The Stranglers, mm. major, major producers. So, and so <laughs> they put, um, in the concrete, in the wall, there was a, a bottle. Um, yes. with. Um, uh, it was 1999, and it was, they put in a newspaper, Bit of newspaper from the day, okay. and stuff that was in the news. Oh, is it about. a time capture Yeah, let's remember Amazing. what life was like in 1999. There's this new
4: <laughs> thing called the
2: internet. And... <laughs> that must be crazy.
4: And now music's been completely democratized, and you can do it. You can do it at home. <laughs> yeah. you
0: can do it on your mobile phone, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And you—you you haven't change. even seen though You know, we've—we've we've got a new studio to introduce you to. At some point, you've not even seen it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, barely been, been, been in to it. To get in there yeah um so to, just leads us a little bit we've sort of t- touched a little bit of on you know the last the last 12 months or so so Joe what's you know has, has what's life done to your music making
3: you know d- during the during the first lockdown um there was just like a lot a lot of um political polarization and um a lot of friction going on around me in ways that I was very aware of and very much um affected me and um so my music became really quite uh, political um at that point um but uh as um as lockdown wore on and wore me down <laughs> um it all it all just um uh, started to become a sort of an expression of um i don't know my my sort of more mental struggles and my more personal um internalized kind of experiences so i think it went i don't know like life sort of took it from being quite political to becoming a lot more personal is that reflected in the songs that are that
4: are coming out then or
3: yeah yeah um the song well the single that um uh i released last uh, broken bones was um was a, a more political one um and it was about uh, the struggles that um trans people go through um and also how that sort of goes hand in hand with um the more sort of toxic elements of masculinity that get um you know praised and normalized even though it's just detrimental to everybody involved yeah. um and i I've been sort of surrounded by that for quite a long time. So that was sort of where the political and the personal kind of met for me. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think it will be reflected um, in, uh, in the songs coming out, sort of the journey that I've been through this lockdown. Cause you know, each song is like a, like immortalizing a bit of your life and a bit of your experience mm. in like a three minute audio clip. So, you know, as you listen to them, you'll be able to I don't know, see where i've been as
0: the keep cats mm. what what is that what is the keep cats
3: so <laughs> the, the, the keep. so well basically i've all i've always been um a very uh, it, it's always been sort of very much um my creative project and um the keep cats is is the three people around me who just give me so much support and so much help and You know, whatever I need, they're there for me, and uh, musically speaking. And it's um, so, so yeah, so this, so uh, since lockdown, I've had to um, record without them and um, do more stuff without them. But I've always sort of been the one who writes all the songs and all the parts, so it's not been too different. So, um, yeah, that's what keep cats is just mm. I don't know, it's me and my friends playing music. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, on that as well. So obviously, to me, you, you know, you've been a live band for a long time since you were very mm. young and extremely good one. And you played the festival many times for us now. Um, how are you? How are you feeling about sort of all these new things and all of this um,
3: the songwriting that you've done
2: now and how that's going to mm. come across live? Would that be different from before? Or
3: well, that that that's the thing. I um, I'm just. Sitting here, twiddling my thumbs, praying <laughs> intensely and aggressively for the day that I can play them live. Because yeah. I, I, I don't. The answer is like I, I don't know how it's going to translate, and I'm really, really excited to find out and um, see what happens. But um, it's been it's been really difficult because because um, uh, Eden and Finn, so bass player and guitarist, have, have been in lockdown at unis, you know, across the country, and we haven't yeah. been able to do any rehearsals or or get together and it's just been really oh it's it's tough when you're so used to um you know when playing live is such a big like cornerstone of your life and you know as i as you said it's what i've been it's what i've known for years so i so this is this is completely new to have the music um you know be making the music without without the the sort of support of seeing how it translates to a a live show but um so i don't know i don't know what's going to happen but i'm I'm excited to see so
0: i I suppose it's in in a way you know perhaps smiley you're more used to working in that kind of way you know as a solo producer you know been Cleaning in your bedroom knocking out beats or whatever yeah that's <laughs> where it came from to start it's, with it's been like that yeah and yeah. I'm, I'm
2: an only child so i'm just used to just getting on with things by myself anyway so yeah that's just that's the best the best bit to be fair <laughs> in <It's> fact <like laughs> i find it hard collaborating with other producers <laughs> it's not like you don't get along but i find it hard trying to let out, like maybe the ideas go together but i think it's more of an ego thing like i might feel like oh, i want to do the melody then they'll be like okay let them, let them let them do the melody but then I might hear it and be like oh I don't know about that I wouldn't have done that but there's part of me that's like oh I just want to make the beat by myself because I already know the kick needs to be like that the snare needs to be like that you know yeah. what I mean and automatically they might come in and so sometimes I just yeah I'm just used to being by myself anyway yeah I prefer it that way honestly yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and how has sort of life in general affected and changed your music over the last or however really
2: so- yeah um <laughs> Well, obviously, I have still been making music. Like I said, that's always going to be a part of me. Um, so I haven't obviously been in the studio that much. I probably been in the studio like maybe twice with an artist. Um, but I've still been like mixing and mastering a few bits and pieces here and there. So some people have even like a home recording setup. And and um, the first few months of lockdown, I actually did a couple. Um, what's it called? You know, when you have a remote setup where you go into their thing and help them set up their their recording equipment or whatever and then help them
0: record their tracks. Before lockdown, you were with, with vocal networking and mm-hmm. as a producer working with a lot of young people. Um, well, a lot of musicians just broadly in general in, in Reading. I know you're doing some projects that are, you know, you, you were doing um, a kind of mental health project as well, weren't you? Yeah, Didn't kind of you? mental health one, mm-hmm. um, he human rights. And I guess that, and, and during lockdown, you know, I know the Black Lives Matter movement kind of blew up But it blew up at the same point when people were locked down So uh, I, I guess a, a load of those things kind of impacted on on what people wanted to say And what they wanted to do with their music But not uh-huh. necessarily at the same time when they could physically do it I suppose mm-hmm. that a be the challenge really
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. But to be fair, um, I feel like that whole time period was kind of like a gift and a curse. I feel like it was good to be able to actually have that time off and be able to just reflect and realise just like where I'm in life and certain things, you know what I mean? And then obviously just really like configure myself and then just get get back to it, you know what I mean? And find another angle. Like I said, I don't know how long we're going to be in lockdown for, so let me just focus on me. Let's see what I can produce and actually get out there for myself as, a, as an individual rather than just being the engineer or the guy behind the desk in the studio you know what i mean the, the unsung hero of however many songs you might <laughs> see on youtube and spotify <laughs> um yeah but um but other than that but to be fair i've actually been picking up the camera more so mm. where i've done a few tracks with a few people they might have asked for a video so where we used to do the vocal networking events we used to film them anyway so i was kind of like handy with a camera from doing those for the last couple of years anyway but um it actually did give me a lot of time to really study and try and figure out like this whole cinema videography type stuff so um i've actually videos look really good Mm.
0: thank you thank you
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't even know how many i've done now but um yeah i would never have imagined this time last year that this is what i'd be doing with myself now sort of thing and i've still been able to do the music as well so yeah it's been good it's actually been it's been it's been a good thing
4: and i think we we talked about this like in our last podcast but um i think maybe the fact that you do so many things is quite a good example of just how adaptable musicians are i mean you've you've basically had to go out and do your own video and do other people's video do the production you've you kind of and the marketing yeah for real stuff <laughs> so I see with Boxing and Beats and Vocal Networking you, you're going through the whole process that would normally be done by a whole team of people and I suppose lockdown means that's even more the case and I think it's probably the same for Joe recording at home there are there are kind of a whole host of, of new skills that, that I suppose you're learning and picking up
2: yeah 100% definitely mm. and I feel like from the whole studio um, experience I feel like back to the original question about how has music changed your life I feel like that's where I've kind of realized when I first got into music I wasn't so much trying to be like like a superstar MC or a rapper or anything like that but there's a level of fame or success that you always just aspire to to achieve from, when, from your music when you first get into it but I feel like from going through the mo- um, the motions and seeing how these scenes change over the last say 10-15 years that um, the position I've kind of like landed myself in as the producer slash engineer guy behind everything I feel like that's where i'm actually supposed to be i feel like that's my position and my contribution towards music because not only the music itself or the sound it's also the individuals and the artists that are actually producing or creating the music because i feel like when we when i work with certain ones i connect with them in a way to the point where some people now have hit me up saying have you got studio yet is the studio open and they're telling me things like they haven't been to a studio since i last recorded with them because they don't want to go anywhere else so i'm like wow like, I get it, you know what I mean? So I feel like, to me, that's that's what it is. Like, I prefer that feeling and understanding that my purpose is like, it lies there, basically.
0: So, um... In terms of you know, we're going to listen to to some of your tracks in a, in, a, in a in a little while. We're going to listen to some of your music so that so that those people who are listening can can have some context for for what you do. Um, but where do you think you're where do you think you're going next in terms of the stuff that's likely to come out and and what you see your your musical future be? Um,
2: well, luckily, because of the restrictions, some people have obviously I don't know how they're meant to be sticking to them and whatnot, but some people have still been able to like record and create music. So because of that, I'm still able to then make my 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 instrumentals, my beats and still get someone to like record a good track on it. So then because of that, my music can still go out. So it still allows me to like chase that career, so to speak, of a mm. producer. So um so yes last since these last say six months, it's literally just been trying to like harness my production skills um tailor it to that like, this new sound that these young people are listening to or trying to um create and um work with some more credible artists because i feel like i've been doing it for so long like i definitely know 100 percent that my sound is is good enough you know what i mean yeah so um yeah, yeah so things like that is where i'm, I'm basically that's my next step
0: how are you to... doing that now how is it that you, how are you building an audience for your for your stuff or is, it, is that through the collaborations or is it Um, does live live performance feature in that or is it not really a?
2: it's a bit of everything really because since lockdown there's been a lot of these Instagram live rap um, competitions and stuff so there's been a few people that might have used my beats to like rap over on a competition and where they might tag me in something called mention me in it that's helped a lot Um, and like I said some artists have still been recording and putting music out so that's helped as well and I um, obviously joined TikTok because I know that that's with these young people, that that's another phase. <laughs> I do not feel so crazy, shall I say. And um, the views are mad that I see on there. So I'm like, OK, so let me just try and use that as another avenue to just get some and sort where of... Where are, people, if people like are and
0: stuff. if people are rapping over your beats or using your beats, where are they finding them?
2: Um, They've been finding them for me directly or I have a YouTube channel, um, which is Boxing Music or Boxing Beats on SoundCloud um yeah and i think it's just a mix of all of those things just circulating and happening all at the same time it's just driving traffic from all kinds of different directions towards either my inbox or to my website or somewhere you know what i mean for someone to either be sending me an email or sending me a dm somewhere sort of thing um yeah and also Isn't learning the marketing as well is helping like push that and like google ads and things like that definitely <laughs> help
4: <laughs> and I spe- it's it's interesting talking about kind of being on the scene a while and also kind of chasing chase amongst uh, younger artists and stuff like that and i was wondering i mean joe you've been you've been performing for years but at mm. the same time you're quite young um and <laughs> i was just wondering if if that kind of people kind of assume certain things of of, of people when they're younger um and particularly young musicians might not mm know the ropes or may know the ropes and i was wondering if 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 it's a barrier for you or what being young being young or if or if you see it as an advantage or if you see it as something
3: well i i see it it's it's sort of a bit of both because um obviously you know when i when i was first starting out which i must have started doing i think i think i did i started doing gigs when i was like 12 and my first gig in reading was when i was 13 at rising sun but um nowhere would put us on because nowhere did like um under eight under eighteen. Yeah. it was always over 18 so it was really hard to find places that um would put us on but that was sort of why i ended up being so heavily involved in the reading music scene because it was it was like this magical citadel with loads of venues that do you know youth nights which um which is like quite hard to find and um I, I think if if you go out and like put put on a good performance um, you know people will respect you um, regardless of your age you know if you're trying your best and you know having if you're having fun while you're up there um, I don't know it hasn't hasn't been too much of a problem The only problem's really been that um, you know like I said uh, it's sometimes harder to find venues that are willing to put on younger bands but then on the flip side I'm um, I'm really grateful um, because I feel like I've been able to get in a lot of practice playing live a lot younger, um, so I think I I've gotten um, I think I've, I've got I've got time on I've got time on my side, and um, I, I think it's good to get uh, good that I've been able to you know get all the all the um, you know bad gigs and stuff out the way when I was like fourteen or fifteen, <laughs> and had time to like in, and now I'm eighteen, so I can play the. Um, you know, I can play whatever venues I want and I feel like I've had a good deal of practice for that so yeah I think it's you know it's there's good and bad elements but um one thing is I'm extremely grateful to have started so young because you know everyone else was like doing football club but I was going home to practice for gigs and stuff and that was that's just yeah so fun <laughs> so much fun
0: yeah and no, I, I think that there is a challenge as well with with being a band. Because, you, you know, you've been, you've made quite a... The Keep Cats made quite a mark. You know, you're known as a good live band dis- mm. kind of despite the fact that you're so young. Um, mm. quite, you know, bands can get... Young bands can get labelled with uh, they're a good band for a bunch of teenagers or they're a good band for a bunch of kids. Um, and the novelty wears off when, when you actually get a bit older. It's like, well, mm. you know then yeah. that's just another bunch of 20 year olds playing music now like, like all the other bands um, but I think you, you've managed to kind of establish a name uh, and uh, an expectation certainly from your live shows that's that's the thing that everyone talks about mm. yeah.
3: well I mean you know what you said is exactly right I mean I I really um ha- I always had a clear idea in my head that I did I didn't want to be labeled like I, did, I didn't want people to be, oh, yeah, no, look at them. Oh, they're so young and they're doing all this and they're so young. Like, I really didn't want that because I, I thought, you know, I, I want my music to be respected for what it is. I want my performance. You know, I'm going up there and performing. I'm putting on a show. I'm, I'm not putting on being young. That just happens to be <laughs> <laughs> my age or whatever. But, like, I want you to, you know, walk away thinking you saw a good show. Um, and no matter who or how old the people playing it were, like I, 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 you know, so I, I always had um had that in the back of my mind to like re- and I think that motivated me. I, th- I think be- I think being um young and being surrounded by bands that are older than you and that have had more experience than you um is really <clears throat> good motivation and um I think it had a uh, it rubbed off on me quite a bit. Um, I,
0: I think it showed when when you played um. Uh, at Ready Pop Festival certainly the, sort of the last time I was aware of you you are paying in the, um, the big the big marquee the big stripy marquee mm-hmm. um, to an audience that didn't necessarily know who you were hadn't seen you before but that experience that you bring from all the gigs that you did you know and the crappy gigs or whatever that, mm-hmm. that that you want to forget about but, but you, you were able to bring that to an audience that don't know who you are and to translate your music into a, into a, a performance and people kind away, oh you should have seen that band you know, it's, uh, you know you you made an impact with audiences and i think that, that's always hard to do i think i think when you're younger and you have a bit more energy you know that, that does translate I think, <laughs> I think that's that's always helpful but i think yeah i think you know it's good to see that, you, that, that this year and this uh, this enforced uh, break hasn't mm-hmm. hasn't stopped haven't you you know yeah i'm very
3: i was very glad to see that as well because obviously n- yeah. this is completely unprecedented so i had no idea what effect it would have on me but i'm quite glad the way it's turned out and um on, on what you were saying before that um i, I really do feel like every gig I, I play and i think it's the same for a lot of bands like every gig you play is is like a culmination of all the experience from every single gig you've played up until that point and each gig you play adds a new layer of knowledge and of you know energy and of I don't know, you know, yourself in the performance, it it just builds up. And I, I think it's just a matter of practice. You know, you can start anywhere. If you have, if you play enough gigs, you'll develop um, into someone who can put on a really good show. So I think it's just having been play, playing live gigs for years. Um, I've just had a lot of experience with it. So I sort of know know what I'm doing now to put on a good show. So
0: so um we're gonna play some of your music so we're gonna play broken bones now uh we'll let the music speak for itself
1: i met the deal was done you knew deep that this was the one they talked about when we were young her side is stronger than most and you stay beside it till both
0: your tracks energy. Um is that something you produced recently or or um I can't remember when
2: I made it. I released it last year Mm -hmm. but I made it maybe the year before. I think.
0: So something that's had a little bit of time. A little bit of time on
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bit different, a bit of a housey dance kind of vibe.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wasn't when I listened to it wasn't what i immediately expected to hear is yeah
2: <laughs> that's good
0: <laughs> um so yeah it's energy uh by smiley as, uh, Is this as as box room boxing. music
2: boxing music yeah
0: the little child's voice in there. Who's that? ask so. oh, it's
2: my it's my son <laughs> that says that one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I got two. My daughter one, and my son done the new one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm going to end it there. Thank, thank you, you. Ready, pop. Ready, pop. Music changing, changing lives. Changing lives.